Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children, 18 years or older. Yes. Welcome to Two Guys in a Car with a CD I'm Gene Dale. We are back with another thrilling, chilling, bone-curdling, blood-boiling episode of Two Guys in a Car with a CD book. Oof, you... Come on, man. <laughs> Be a little adult about this. I hope you shit yourself. Well, you're trapped now. I've got the windows it? locked. We're in the car, damn it, Dale. you got to be all stinky today. Couldn't you have done that in post or something? That's how live we are, folks. We we don't, you know, Some I've seen some videos of, like, professional podcasters, which is probably why we're not professional. No. But they sit down and script out everything they're going to say, their arguments, their talking points, and they edit all their audio and cut it and trim it and splice stuff together, you know, and take shit out. But we don't do that. I bet you we are the only podcast in the world, in the world, that That's does this big world, live. <laughs> that does this unscripted, like, out of nowhere in a car with a CD book. I bet you we're the only ones. Well, it's got to be an original <laughs> idea, though. I mean, I know there's some other uh, music podcasters that you know, vinyl and coffee will put a vinyl on and talk about the music. And co- it's like, a, it's like being out of Barnes and Noble, you know. Jeez, no wonder <laughs> they're getting shut down. News <laughs> fest. <laughs> no, but uh, I don't. Yeah, two guys in a car. I ordered extra frappo on my Starbucks cappuccino. Frappuccino. I like the white hot chocolate. Myself. I can't fucking stand Starbucks. I just want a large coffee, okay? They're like, what? Excuse me? Sir, it's called a venti. Uh, venti my butt. Get out of here. I just yeah, want a large. Your butt is pretty venti. How? <laughs> <laughs> Not J-Lo venti, though. <laughs> Big to differ. If you've never listened to this podcast before, now's your chance to get out now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you're an avid listener, we thank you for... Your undivided attention. Well, I'm sure their attention is really divided, though. They're probably like, just put this on in the background. I feel like we're making them stupider, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a word, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) You can't get stupider. And then you have to go to Jupiter. Everyone knows this, man. (laughs) But uh, we appreciate anyone who listens weekly, bi-weekly, or once, whenever they're just really sad and they need to feel better about themselves, because I'm sure... That uh, listening like, to at least I'm not like them. Guys. Yeah, I'm not that desperate yet. So life isn't as bad as I think it is. <laughs> I'll put the gun down. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're here for. Laugh at us because we laugh yeah. at us every day. Yeah, our lives are a revolving joke. We only laugh one hour a week. <laughs> Thirty minutes. We don't even do this an hour. What? What am I doing with the other thirty minutes? I don't know. <laughs> not this. You're still living in that deep, dark hole in your mind, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, what we do here is we, we flip through our CD. We have there's CDs up to my ankles in here in the front seat, Dale. you got to clean this thing out. Not we going to. <laughs> we flip through our CD book. We pull out a CD and uh, talk about how it came to us, um, whether we received it as a gift or if we purchased it at a certain time in our lives and, and what it means to us and why we still have it. And also how it relates to pop culture and maybe influenced other people, other artists, and or had an effect on our lives or yours. Hit us up on the socials at Unhinged Pierce on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can reach 
Dale at Unhinged Pierce. <laughs> no one's gonna reach me anyway, but if you want to, you can go like and DM me on Wolf X Biker at Instagram. And uh, hit us up with your comments, questions, corrections, or concerns. Gotta start this off and say R.I.P. to one of our listeners' favorite drummers. That's Neil Pert. Piet. Piet from Canada. Yeah. He uh, passed away this past weekend. I know the professor. The professor? The professor. professor. <laughs> See, we're getting dumber already. He's taking it pretty hard. Rush, you know, he reached out to us in a voice message one time and, and put Rush on the request list of uh, CDs we should get to sometime. And I know I personally don't have any Rush CDs. I do, but okay. I, I want that to be... That's going to be a different week. Like a later thing. That's a later thing. Yeah. Maybe a one-year anniversary. Something like that. I, I think it's still too early, too fresh. Because growing up, like I said, you know, dude, Neil Pert was my drummer. One of the top three. That anyway. was Tommy Lee. My top three is Tommy Lee, Neil Pert, Eric Carr. There's Eric, always three. Even though Eric Carr was. Yeah, I told you. My dad, dude, that's my dad. I still have photos of the creatures say, of the Eric night. Clapton. Like, yeah. Wait a minute. Play guitar. Elton John, all right. <laughs> Piano. But, uh, all right, we're going to flip through the CD book here. Just want to shout that out. We're thinking of you, Professor. One of our ads. Well, I'm clipping. Yeah, go ahead and flip. Blue. All right. Blue. Extra flip. That's not that. Really hot. Oh, flip. <laughs> like that extra little. You didn't have to blow on it. <laughs> Go ahead. Can't hit, get the pages unstuck. Hit play there, would you? called Lonely Road. This came out, I believe, in 2007. Wrong. Damn it. 2008. Yeah. Yeah? Is that confirmed? No. God, come on! <laughs> no, I think it was, it was 2000... It was like 2008, 2009. It was right in there. I couldn't have been nine. That's too late. Well, well, let's go to the judges. Well, yeah, 2008, summer. 2008. Summer 2008, yeah, because their first album came out in 07. That's what got them real popular because that was still when MySpace was still real big at the time. So. so they put out two CDs within a year of each other? Well, yeah, they put the first, well, yeah, actually they put out three in three years. Busy, busy bees. 2007, 2008, 2009 albums. 
Well, uh, what members are in this band? Can you tell me that, Dale? God, God damn it, Dale! I got one fucking job. All right, this is coming out of Gene's CD book. You damn right it is. I got this. There's a lot of members, dude. Oh, really? I didn't know if you like. I didn't know if you like. You know, talked about this with anybody. I didn't. No, not really. Like I said, you know, they were, like I said, dude, back in the day when they first came out, they were popular. Uh, they did make it really big when they're seen in Middleburg, Florida, which I have no clue where that is in Florida. It's south. <laughs> the deep south. <laughs> but see, dude, like, that was prime time for MySpace. And to be a band to be found... It's like SoundCloud now. You can put any song on your damn thing and you can play it. It was big. They had a song called Face Down and... Uh, Face Down and Suck. That's the way we <laughs> like your butt. Roll around all in the dirt. That was it. That's the one? No. That's Luda. But that, that came off I Don't You Fake It. And dude, within the first first year of that album coming out, they sold 500,000 albums, certified gold, Popular that quick, that quick overnight. That went overnight, it was like seven months. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yell at me, <laughs> but still, I feel I think it was a lot easier than on MySpace to become found easier for rock and stuff like that. Discovered, yeah, discovered because now you got SoundCloud, and that's mainly damn hip hop, hip well. Don't you dare say that's hip hop rap, not even it's mush math. Bullcrap. Oh, okay. So you're an old geezer now. I hate it. You like Post Malone, you lying fuck. I don't like Post Malone. What? No. Like- my boy, Posty. <laughs> How many times have you said that to me? <laughs> oh, that's my boy, Posty. You're the new Ozzy Osbourne song with Post Malone. Shit's fire. I I like- Pure <laughs> fire. Yeah, dog, that shit's epic. <laughs> <laughs> it's classic, instant. Come on. He found Ozzy. <laughs> Got off the rail. But no, this CD, I got it the week it came out. I, uh, in 2000, you said summer of 2008? Yeah. Yeah. So I had just gone through a breakup. It was pretty tough. Yeah, it was pretty tough on me. And I was in like a funk for like six months where I didn't do anything. I didn't go out anywhere. You know, if you've listened to previous episodes, I used to go to the club three times a week. I wasn't doing that as much anymore. I would just go to work and come home and still live with my parents. They're all on my ass on when am I going to move out, when I'm going to make something of myself, when I join the military like my brother or, you know, get a (laughs) job as a CEO somewhere or something. All I wanted to do was be a wrestler, but they didn't want me to be a wrestler, so I, uh, I was in a big, deep funk, dude. And the first Twilight movie had already came out in theaters. And I remember watching Twilight and being enthralled with it because it was a pop culture phenomenon. And I found out that the other books were already out, you know, because there was three books, but there's four movies. So after I watched the Twilight movie, I got book two and book three and was like all depressed and sad reading those books, dude. And I was really wrapped up in fucking Edward and Bella. And, you know, I, 
I just was like, man, relationships sucks. Love's not for me. I'll never find I one. I just want to be glittery. Just want to be a high vampire that chicks lust after. Yeah. Team Alice all day. Sure. And uh, I was Team Edward. I mean, not Edward. Jacob. <laughs> I was the secret's out. Team Jacob, dude. I wanted. To, I liked the werewolf. I did like Jacob a lot, especially in the, in the books. Yeah, in the books, Jacob was way more badass than Taylor Lautner portrayed him to be. But so I was going through that funk, and my buddy Andre, he was like, "Yo, you need to come back out. You know, get out of the house." So I went out to the club with him. I just finished reading these Twilight books, and I'm at the club, just standing there, awkward as fuck. Like, <laughs> who is that? Oh. That's Gene. Yeah. <laughs> He's awkward. <laughs> does he smile or does he always stare like a serial killer? <laughs> no, he always looks like that. And uh, Don't leave your drink with him. <laughs> <laughs> He'll spit in it. But, uh, uh yeah. Yeah, not day rape. <laughs> but, uh, so I was standing at the nightclub and I saw this girl there, dude. And she looked very, very fucking similar to... Kristen Stewart as Belle, Bella from Twilight. All right. So I was like staring like a weird motherfucker, dude, because I was like, here I am. I've been emotionally broken reading these Twilight books, and here's this girl at the club that looks just like Bella, who I've been, you know, uh, fantasizing about while reading these books. Did right? You, did you go behind her? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, because did you like creep up behind her and say, tell me, tell me what it is, vampire. <laughs> That's what Bella says to Edward. Yeah, I know, but it's not what Edward, Edward says Edward says it because he's like, whatever. Anyway, finish your story. Yeah, thanks. Come on. All right, so you see her and she looks like Bella. That's cool. Right, so I immediately become infatuated with her because she, she looks just like the Bella I've been fantasizing about in these books to get over my heartbreak. And so I muster up the courage to go dance. And she dances with me. Whoa. She dances with me almost all night. And so towards the end of the night, I ask her what her name is. And her name, I don't know, should I say her name? <laughs> I don't know. I won't say her last name. No, well, yeah, say, okay. say her first name. Because her first name, it matters more to it. Because okay. her first name was uh, Kristen. Ooh, Just like Kristen Stewart, wow. who played Bella in the Twilight series. So I was like, are you fucking... This is the universe screaming at me, my depressed self. God's real! <laughs> I've been reading the Twilight books. The main character, Bella. Here's this girl. First name, Kristen. Just like Kristen Stewart, who looks like Bella. Bella Twilight movies! <gasps> and she was dancing with me. So, and there's... There, this is all going to tie into itself. And so I asked her for her phone number. And she gave me her fucking phone number, dude. Score. <laughs> yeah, all nine digits. Wow. Yeah, how lucky am I? The one eight hundred part and wouldn't even charge me. Nice. I always get seven numbers. Right. And uh, no, so she gave me her number, and you know, I texted and calling her, and uh, we started hanging out and everything. And it come to find out that she was single, but in a relationship with somebody who was in the army, and they were like in Germany or whatever. And she. Ah, sorry, I'm talking loud. Yeah, it's getting dry. And uh, anyway, so I got her number. I was talking to her. She was in a relationship with somebody who was in the army, stationed in Germany. She didn't know 
if there were still going to be a couple when he came back. So she was leaving her options open. Okay. And I was like, all right, cool. She was super religious, dude. Like, incredibly religious. I am not that religious at all. And she, and at that time, I was not incredibly religious. And I was still on the fence. Like, okay, it could be true, but I just don't go and worship like a holy diver. (laughs) You've already told us on this podcast, okay? But, uh, so I, I love all the songs on this CD. They just mean so much to me because of this time period. Uh, because she was really into this band and got this CD. This is where I got this CD from her. She got it the day one that it came out and got me a copy of it as well. We were talking for like six or eight months. but So we used to listen to the CD all the time together throughout this whole summer. And she was super religious, so I started going to church with her. It was a holy Pentecostal church. Oh, fuck that. If you don't, if you don't know what a holy, if you don't know anything about holy Pentecostals, they are the far right of religion. Okay. Did she dress the part though? Well, you dress normal. No, you I mean, do the long skirts and the bun. No, 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 that's Mormon. They're all the fucking same. It's all made up hibbity dibbity. No, no, holy Pentecostal is, it's just like I don't know. It's pretty extreme, extreme okay. worshiping and. I went to... So different than what you've already been to for church-wise. Yeah, I'd only been to like basic Quaker and Christian Christian churches where you, you know, you worship for an hour and then you leave. They pass the plate around the first 15 minutes, you sing some hymns, uh, the preacher says a sermon and you relate it to your life in some way and then you get the fuck out. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm used to. And I go to this... Holy Pentecostal service is all the way out in Lexington, North Carolina. And this thing lasted like six hours. Oh my dude. god. We got there at 10 o'clock and didn't leave till 6 p.m. And I was like, is this normal? And she was like, yeah, this is pretty normal. And they passed the collection plate around like 12 different times. Money, 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 money. I didn't know anybody there but her. And she was in the choir, so she was up on stage singing the whole time. Oh, so you had to sit awkwardly by yourself with the awning or whatever. No, I sat in the very fucking back, like back middle, Uh-oh. by myself, yeah. But my grandmother was super religious, and she had passed away like two years before I met this girl. And I was, you know, I was getting pulled in, dude. I was feeling the Holy Spirit, man. I was like... The pastor was working it, dude. Was fucking working it. And I was really into this chick, so I was kind of open to her beliefs to maybe maybe this is what I need. You know, I'd been in a depressed funk for six months. I'd been alone. You know, I was like, maybe this is the path I'm supposed to be on. You know, maybe Bella from Twilight led me here to this holy Pentecostal church. Have I found the light, you know? Amen. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so... The, the preacher's working it, and I just get overcome with emotion in this fucking first service that I go to, dude. I'm standing there. You stand the whole fucking time. There is no sit down. Like, everyone's standing. Everyone's fucking singing, screaming. There's people passing out with the Holy Spirit. You know, the shaking, the jumping. God, that's so... I, was, I can't. I'm not going to say anything. That's so fucking stupid. 
It's, I'm sorry, guys. Hey, don't don't get me started. All right. I'm telling you, dude. It was a fucking experience. I'm like, get up, get up, you fake ass bitch. Yeah. No, there was catchers. <laughs> yeah. People designated to catch people from falling out. So they they would you know people Somebody would be open a window. <laughs> they did that. They fanned you with blankets. If the preacher walked by and fucking whooshed his hand in the air, three or four people would fall down right where they were. I'm gonna start doing that. And would be overcome with emotion and start shaking and quivering and like semi-seizuring on the ground. And all they would do is throw a blanket over you and say that he's overcome with the Holy Spirit. He'll be fine in a little while. And I was just standing there a little fucking shocked at that because I'd never been in any type of church service where that kind of shit happened. And I was also overcome with emotion because the preacher was talking about how somebody that you miss, somebody you love is here in the room with you. And they guided you here. Like they wanted you to be here. And the reason you're here today is because that person you're missing brought you here. And that's a very general fucking statement, you know? And... I was thinking of my grandmother. I was like, that's my fucking grand. She was super religious, dude. What if she guided me here at this moment? That's why I'm here. You know, I met this girl uh, at the right time who brought me to this right place. I started crying, dude. Like, uncontrollable. Hey, I get it, though. I'm telling you, dude. The Holy Spirit was all over me. All over my face. (laughs) I was saying, do you napkin? (laughs) I was violated. All inside me in every angle. And my heart was just uh, swelled, and I, I was crying uncontrollably, dude. And when I did, pipe down back there. <laughs> Jesus, man! It's just a church. People started swarming me, dude. And I mean, they were hot fucking girls, dude. And I know I was in church. I'm so alone right now. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't working it or nothing, dude. I was there for the girl. But she was all the way up over there, and all these people started surrounding me and hugging me and patting me on the back and just praying over me, asking me what's wrong. And I was like, it's nothing, really. You don't have to watch this. Just let me be. I wanted to just kind of wallow in my self-pity and fucking cry, dude. And that's what I did. And I went back, and I went back, and I went back. And this fucking church was going through a revival, dude. A revival. Now, this whole time, there's a reason for all this. I was listening to this CD the whole time. You know, every day we were driving to this church. We went to this church, dude, like 14 days in a row. Every day. When I got off work, I met up with her. We I know you would take the fall. For anyone but yourself, I know you will. Anyway. Don't fucking start crying now. I'm good. But we were going to this revival, dude. We were there for hours. Some days we were, like on Sundays, we were there for 12 hours, dude. And they had this dude flown in from Florida. This rich, old, white fuck, dude. He was called the prophet, right? They're like, the, the prophet's coming for our revival, dude. He never comes to any church unless the Holy Spirit is there. Like, that's the story that they were or telling. Or they say cash. <laughs> right. Where the pockets are thick and people are in a given spirit. And that's exactly what it was, dude. I know it. And, like, being there, I was like, this is the biggest fucking scam I've ever seen in my life, dude. 
and I was sucked in. They took credit cards, dog. That's why you had back a lot of debt. Yeah. They took when they took tithes, pay your tithes. Ten percent of all your income should be paid to the church. Earlier, three ninety-five B. Yeah. No, there was a B. What? Yeah. And you either had cash, debit card, credit card, or check. They took every fuck, and I'm sure even now they do fucking smart mobile pay. Where you can probably do- take the D to your house. Well, I'm sure they would. But they had people like, I was $50,000 in debt, and I paid all my money to the church, and now my credit's been washed away, and my debt's gone. And I'm like, whoa. It's called bankruptcy. It's <laughs> exactly what it was. But I was like, I want them to do that for me. So I started swiping my fucking credit card, dude. Was giving twenty, thirty dollars a fucking every time I went to this church, thinking I was paying the Lord for, you know, to get my fucking prayers answered and shit. And I thought I was impressing this chick all at once, you know. I was going for like twenty different reasons. I was going because I thought this is where I need to be. I was going because I thought this chick will think, you know, I'm really into the shit she's into, and we'll have a relationship. Also, she was a virgin, so that was kind of a selling point. I was like, maybe, you know, we'll get married and I'll take her virginity or something. And we'll live happily ever after. I was spinning Jeez, the... Jeez, man! <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the devil was all over me. For real. And, uh... It's an easy thing for you to add. Don't worry if you miss, I'll let you shoot again. My heart is an easy thing for you to win. But... So I was going to this church, I was paying my tithes, I was spending the night at her house, I was cooking breakfast for her, I was with her all the fucking time, dude. And all we ever did was kiss every now and then, but we never started a relationship. She was always like, no, if this guy comes back, I'm gonna be with him, you know? And I was like, okay. So I had my hopes set really fucking high. And we were going to this revival and the prophet looked at me, right? And he only singled out like, Oh. <laughs> he only singled out like five or six people, right? And he walked up to me and he's like, I see a big light around you. You know, I, I've traveled the world and I've ah, I've seen many of faces and there's something about you, young man. And he's, hold, and he's holding my hand, dude. And he's going, you, I, I see a big fucking, not fucking, <laughs> I see a big future for you, son. I see you doing the work of God. I see you leading his flock to the light. I see you. Ladies and gentlemen, gather around this young man because the Lord is all around him. The Lord is lifting this man up. The Lord is all over this young man and he's going to guide him to the light. Can I get an amen? I'm telling you, the Lord is here now. I was freaking out. I got tunnel vision. He said, are you saved, son? And I said, no, sir. He said, you're getting saved today. If you're getting saved right now. Do you famous <laughs> Just give $30. Can you pay $100? Whatever you got. $1.50. And I'm telling you, I was feeling it. I was like, son of a bitch, dude. This is real. And, and, and he was talking to me just like that. I'm not being blasphemous or anything. Oh, I know. I love this fucking song. And I have nothing against religion because I know my boy, the professor, he is all about his church. He plays for the band in his church. 
And Professor, you're my boy, and I ain't ever going to diss anybody's religion or what you believe. I had to put that out there so nobody comes with damn torches. Pitchforks. Yeah, because we're getting, we're getting killed for this one. But if somebody comes and slash my tires, I know who it is. They're taking us off the air for this one, but... Uh, no, and I don't judge either, you know. And even now, I'm like, hey, man, you believe in whichever one you want to believe in. Because after I saw this shit, I was kind of like, who do I, who fucking knows anymore, dude? I don't know. That shit was crazy. But I listened to the prophet. He told me I, I should be saved. So that night, I got baptized. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, they got me. I was like, all right, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm gonna get Wait, it. where's my wallet? <laughs> all my sins are going to get absolved right here, right now. My adultery, my premarital sex, my fucking drug use, whatever. A, a reborn virgin, a better me. I was like, this is it. This is where I'm supposed to be, man. I got this chick who's a virgin. Why is he drowning to be. <laughs> I'm going to be clean of all my sins. This is it. Straight and narrow for me. And, uh... I'm going to be a regular Joel Steen after the end of all this. Damn! Damn, I want a $4 million car. Yeah. Well, the preacher had a gold fucking Cadillac with gold rims at this holy Pentecostal church. But the people are really nice, genuinely. I liked, I liked the people there. But seeing it now from where I'm at, a different point of view, I'm like, God damn, that shit was well, fucking... It's like, thing, like you said, people are nice. Yeah, and you know what? They get wrapped up in it just like you do. Because you don't know what people are going through in times and then they hear good things. And it feels like the answer. they want to think. They want to think, oh, I do got a future. I get it. And, and people so get broad, wrapped up around so it. It's so broad that you can relate it to almost any situation that you're in. I just call bullshit. But anyway, so I, there I am in my white robe about to get baptized, Thank right? You, no, I had some basketball I had some <laughs> basketball shorts on and a real hard boner for something. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> the water was cold, I promise. It really was. No, it was a really warm water now that I think about it. But... There was like five other people that were getting baptized with me, a young boy, some older men, and myself. And there was this really, really old man, right? He was like 92 years old. Yeah. And his job was to pray over you before you go and get baptized, yeah, right? Yeah, I've seen him. I've seen that happen. And he's standing there, and he's got his hand on my head, and he's praying out loud for me. And I'm getting nervous. I'm like, I'm feeling kind of good, you know? I'm feeling hot inside. I'm like, this is it, dude. I'm going to feel different, right? But I also had a little bit of doubt. I was like, what if I don't get saved? Or what if I, you know, what if, because they were like, when you go down, when you come up, you're going to speak a prayer that only you understand. You're going to speak in tongues when you come out of the water. You're going to speak a prayer that only you and the Lord will, will know. I will spill the blood of the innocent. <laughs> okay. So the old man's praying for me. I go, I get in the tub with the preacher. He dunks me underwater. I come up and he holds a microphone to my mouth and he says, speak the, speak the prayer, son. Speak. And I'm like, I've got nothing. We're in the bathroom. <laughs> All I was saying was, that was for you, grandma, in English. Okay. I, you know, I was thinking of my grandmother the whole time. I was like, that's for my grandmother. And he kept saying, he wouldn't let me out until I spoke in tongues, dude. And I wasn't feeling it. So yeah, I just kind of was like, shubba dubba 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 shubba dubba. And he was like, there you go. There you go. Now you got it. Now this like, I saw this seven-year-old kid going before me. And when he came out of the water, he was spitting out every kind of gibberish you could think of. And I was like, well, damn. Well, you know. Show off. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone could fake it. I wanted, it. I wanted it to come for real. 
I didn't want to make myself do it, and I never, I never could. I never could not make myself do it. So it didn't happen. I didn't. I said it to make the preacher happy, so I get the fuck out of the water. And yeah. that was my realization that this isn't for me, dude. That that this is a fucking money grab, and I wasn't feeling it. Moral, of, or not the moral, but the conclusion of all this. That old man that prayed over me was the grandfather of the guy in Germany that that the girl that I met at the club that I was going to this church for, her guy she wasn't dating, but yeah. would if he came back, his name happened to be Christopher. Whoa. Just say, yeah, that's how crazy all this is. The Lord, I don't know. So the old man that was praying over me, he died, dude. He died two days after my baptism. What'd you do to him? He took the fucking devil out of me. <laughs> Couldn't handle it. I was full of sin, man. And so the guy from Germany came home for the funeral. And homegirl dropped me, dude, like a rock. Didn't talk to me anymore or nothing. Also, I was trying to fuck her sister. <laughs> her sister was sending me nudes on MySpace. Because she had real big old titties. And she was pretty hot. Big old bitty. And she wasn't like her sister. She was promiscuous and was down TTF and everything. And so homeboy came back from Germany and homegirl stopped talking to me completely. It was all about him, you know. What about the sister? The sister well, afterwards. Well, the sister told her sister that she was trying to fuck me and they all, like, nobody wanted to at that point. You know, it's kind of like, well... You can't fuck him because I liked him. And she was like, but you weren't ever going to date him because you were waiting for Germany, dude. And it just, after after the funeral for the old man, which I went to the funeral because he prayed over me before my baptism. I, the whole church was there. So I went to the funeral, you know, heard his story, heard about his life. After that, I rolled the fuck out and never went back to that church. I never talked to any single one of them ever again, dude. And all I'm left with is this red jumpsuit apparatus cd and all the songs of it that remind me of this crazy eight fucking now months this story will be replayed on internet forever forever yeah and that's all i've ever thought about is when i hear the cd is that crazy eight fucking months dude where i was going to this holy pentecostal church and experiencing all this crazy fucking religion shit for all the wrong reasons i was going for booty and relationships and thinking that this is where karma would was taking me but no it was it was weird dude it's a weird fucking life lesson i don't know i don't know what to ever make of it even now it's something i'm going to reflect on when i'm in my 70s like what the fuck happened man like dude i was swiping my credit card like 30 bucks every time i went dude like hundreds of dollars thinking it was gonna pay off for me and in glory you know the glory of god the grace of god and and even hearing the prophet, you know, the prophet is like, I got on my private jet and flew here from Tallahassee just to be here because the Holy Spirit's oh, here. Private jet. For real, dude. Uh, he had business cards. Called himself the prophet. It was fucking nuts, dude. It was fucking nuts. And I don't know what's happened to anyone or anything since, you know. I've never seen any of those people again, and I've never been back to that place. And that's what this CD means to me. Isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to say about it. I don't have that same relationship with this album. <laughs> well, no, I mean... That's what's good about what we do here, people. Look at that. 
Look at what one album can do to somebody in over yeah. 11 years. Well, it's 2020 now. So almost 12 years ago. And that album still has an impact on somebody. That impact could be you. We want to know, people, what album has always stuck around. Like, even if you didn't know them or the album, but you had it and there's a story behind a in particular album, I want to know about it on Instagram, WolfXBiker. You can hit up Gene at Unhinged Pierce. Yeah! On all say? three of the socials. Yeah. Yeah, hit us up with a, a, a CD that just means a lot to you for whatever different reason, you know. You know, whether it's a relationship, death, life, trauma, happiness, sadness, depression, saved your life, uh, destroyed your fucking life. Everybody's got that one album. Oh, there's something, dude. I've got a lot of them. <laughs> Music's my, my crutch for everything. I'm going to have to find a new one soon because... I foresee hard times ahead. <laughs> so I'm going to have to get some, I don't know, some Death Angel or some fucking Cannibal Corp. Something heavy. Angel Cut. I don't know what it's going to take for this one, but uh, thank you for listening. It's a fucked up story, but it's true, and Next it is what it is. Next week on the Gene Show. <laughs> yeah. Was Dale even here? Jeez. I'm just in the car. What a co-pilot. I'm the one driving off the cliff. <laughs> Didn't let you get a word in. You've been listening to two guys in a car with a CD book. Don't feel like it. <laughs> I'm Gene. Damn. Join us next week. We uh, appreciate you listening. Uh, have a good day. Peace. Amen. <laughs>